Welcome to the Building PA Podcast, the voice of the construction industry throughout Pennsylvania. Here are your co-hosts, Chris Martin and John O'Brien. Hello, and welcome to the Building PA Podcast. I am your co-host, John O'Brien, from the Keystone Contractors Association, coming to you live from the Quandel Studio right here in central Pennsylvania. Joined, as always, by fellow co-host, Chris Martin. Chris, what's going on today? How are we doing? Hey, John. How are you doing? I'm, uh, I'm doing well. We're uh, sitting here in the uh, downtown Swickley office of the Atlas Marketing team. And my name is Chris Martin, and I'm the president of Atlas Marketing. And we tell stories for people who build things. And I, just like John, who is in the Quandel Studios, I am in the Stalwart Insurance Group Studios. And it is a lovely rainy day in Western Pennsylvania. And uh, it is what it is, I guess, right? Yep. It's raining in Harrisburg and Pittsburgh, too. But the good news is it's the best part of the working week. It's a Wednesday afternoon, so we get to record some some podcast episodes. So that's that the good news. That is so bro. true, my man. That is so yes. true. So uh, yes. what are we talking with, John? What's, uh, what's our topic du jour? Today. That's a little French for you there. I got it. I got it. I got it. <laughs> we wait, huh? Wait. Uh, you can't go anywhere nowadays without hearing contractors and uh, architects, engineers talking about the prices. The, the material prices are just going through the roof. It's been that way for the past year or so, you know, just it's been crazy, crazy times, crazy times. So I thought, who better? And my good friend Michael Klein at Bloomley and Gusky. I've known Michael for uh, 15 years or so, right around there. Uh, Michael's going to be our guest today, and he knows how to protect contractors. He knows the do's and don'ts, and uh, this is a topic he could talk blindfolded about, huh? But take the blindfold off. Let's see you. What's going on? How are we doing, Michael? <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> Long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, you know, getting back to you from the uh, Blooming and Gusky Studios. Um, there you go. <laughs> and it's good to be here, also on a rainy day in 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 Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, your the the topic is is timely, um, and you know it's the it's the thing that's keeping people up at night, not only bidding jobs but but performing. Um, and I think it's 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 worth a discussion of a, you know, how to protect, um, at least you know, who, whichever side you're on, owners, contractors, design professionals, it doesn't matter. But I think all project participants need to understand the current climate and evaluate the risks, and then you know, apportion those risks on the party that's best best able to to handle it. Um, you know, it just got a call, got got off a call this morning on a project, and you know, contractor was you know talking about the availability of RTU units and construction schedules, and I think you know, owners and contractors need to understand the current delivery dates and build schedules around them, um, and identify milestones and build in. Uh, those dates into a contract on the front end, so that um, so that the party's expectations are understood. You know, on day one, um, 
you know, owners, you know, owners have to understand that contractors do not want to be late on your job. It's not the way that it's not the way that they make money. Um, and contractors need to, um, need to have the upfront discussions with their owner clients about what these delivery dates look like. You have to have that, you know, you have to have the unpleasant discussions with people, you know, before the contract is executed on what the delivery dates are looking like. And, and you know, I just just did a project just now where, you know, representing an owner and we basically have a substantial completion date for the entire job. And then we've got RTU units coming in four weeks later and, you know, built in a milestone, you know, just and worked it out with a tenant um, so that, you know, that was understood because practically it's it's nobody's you know uh it's nobody's choice at this point in time you can't you know the materials and equipment are going to come when they're going to come and contractors can't control that so it's better to identify it you know on day one and before you know and during the negotiations that deals with sort of like long lead items um in particular i think right now contractors need to be very careful about you know, price escalation. Um, you know, John, we were talking about that, but um, you need to know when your work is going to be performed and when you're, you know, and when you're able to lock in prices. I think that that's a critical, you know, issue for contractors right now. You seeing the same thing, yep. John? Yeah, absolutely. Seeing the same thing. And, and you factor in as well um, with 2020 and the, the mess that the 2020 was. And you had owners kind of sitting on projects and they had pricing from a few months ago. And then and then you factor in the material lead times vary. You're it's kind of uh, all the uncertainty that that's happening and all this confusion. How do you calm the confusion from from? Yeah, the I, I, you know, it's it. How do you calm it? I'm not sure you do, but you sort of, you know, I've been sort of making making my way around sort of just advising my contractor clients on some things that can be done in in their bid. And I think it's important, you know, most people, you know, when they bid a job, they say, well, this bid's good for X amount of days. Um, but I think the problem that people are running into is getting from bid to contract. And they need to clarify that you know, okay, a limited notice to proceed, or that this bid is good provided X, Y, you know, a contract is executed by a certain date because, you know, you know, contractors and subcontractors are running into a situation where they bid a job and then a contract doesn't come for three, four weeks or eight weeks or whatever it is. And now you're tied down to, you know, copper, you know, prices or, or pipe prices from six weeks ago, and you're not going to be able to lock in those prices without a subcontract or, or, you know, or a prime contract. So, you know, you're, you're in the, you're in the position of a, you know, of you're, you're sort of caught, you know, you, you get a, you bid a job and it says your bid's good for 30 days or whatever number of days you put on it, but then the contract doesn't come for a while. And now, you know, an owner or a GC says, well, you bid the job, your number's here, you know, we expect you to hold your bid, and you didn't qualify it, and now, 
you know, you, you weren't able to lock in your prices because you don't, you know, no one, no one's going to buy anything without a signed contract, even mm-hmm. with an, you know, even with an, even with a, a notice to proceed that says that we will sign a contract. What if you can't come to a resolution? So, you know, contractors and subcontractors need to be very careful in their bid documents uh, that they qualify, you know, when how, the pricing, how it's going to hold and when the contract's going to, you know, have to be executed. Um, and, and then even that, at that point in time, you know, where you're not able to buy or where certain materials are coming later and you can't buy and lock it in, you know, then you've got to qualify your contract with certain, you know, we've all seen that in the past with asphalt. That's a, that's a given, you know, we, you know, where, where you use an asphalt indice and, and that work is performed at a later date and you tie it to, to an asphalt indice. But right now, you, you know, I have a number of contractors and subcontractors tying bids to current, you know, market pricing on pipe and wire and just seeing what it looks like because it's, it's out of control. I mean, you're talking about, so in some cases, you know, a 30% increase in a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. Michael, are, are you, like, you just mentioned that contractors have to have to prepare their and think ahead in terms of their qualifying documents and their and the contracts but are you seeing it from the other side where the owners are saying hey this isn't my problem i mean i think you're seeing it from owners but at some point in time you know it becomes their problem because you know you're not going to you know you might i'm a, i'm going to snap my fingers like the like you know, genie, but you know, the RT unit isn't just going to appear out of the lamp. So it is, it's everyone's problem. At some point in time, you're partnering on this job to get it done, you know, as, as quickly as possible. You know, owners have to understand that, that the faster the contractors get done, the, you know, the, the, the more money they're going to make on the job. They have no incentive for the job to last longer. Um, but if you can't get equipment on site, it's it's simply a, it's a practical problem, you know. It, it's now it's now you're partnering on the problem. So you know you could say, okay, all right, I, I'm out. You go talk to the next contractor down the down down the street. You know they're not getting it any any quicker. So yeah. I think owners and contractors need to partner together to provide reasonable uh, resolution and solutions to frankly, a common problem that's plaguing the industry right now. And I think it's actually only going to get worse over the next 90 to 120 days. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question about that then, you know, with, with this massive infrastructure bill kind of sitting out there on the horizon, um, what are you, what are you, what are you, what do you see as the impact on Material costs and and all and the and our topic today with that infrastructure because that's going to bring in not only a lot of cash but a lot of people that are chomping at the yeah. bit to do work. I, I mean, right now, I think from an, you know the infrastructure bill is is further down the line to sort of hopefully, um, and I think that that frankly the the uh, impacts right now are more on the commercial side and and equipment side that might you know, fall outside of the infrastructure bill. Um, we'll see what happens with steel and concrete, you know, and, and, and other critical components to, you know, to the infrastructure bill. 
Um, and I'm sure we'll see growing pains, you know, with supply and manpower um, out of that bill. Um, and really, it's a question of, of is it the perfect storm between a, uh, you know, the public works, you know, boom that might come out of the infrastructure bill and, you know, and a, uh, an uptick in industrial um, and, you know, other commercial markets that would essentially, uh, you know, bifurcate, you know, the labor and material, um, you know, between the two markets. Yeah. Yeah, we see, we, we saw, we've seen, you know, John and I have seen together the boom and bust in the markets, you know, and, you know, yeah. there was, you know, in, in Pittsburgh, you know, when we had the convention center and two stadiums um, mm -hmm. going at the, you know, I think, you know, three major public works projects going at the same time, you know, there was a, a you know, a, a manpower issue at that point in time. Then we had, you know, the commercial uptick, you know, before COVID with a lot of industrial work and then, you know, sort of, a, you know, an apartments boom, you know, so we, we've seen it before. And frankly, the, the, the markets have weathered the storm. Um, and I, I expect them to do it again, but owners and contractors need to be smart and, 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 and they need to understand the difficulties and then come up with, you know, discuss it and come up with construction schedules and contracts that reflect that are reasonable, you know, because no, again, nobody wants to default and no one wants to be late and everybody wants to make their, you know, their margins on a particular project. Um, it, it's nobody's fault that the current, you know, the current market conditions just simply don't allow for a project to be complete when you're waiting for, you know, various equipment that, that can't be supplied in time. Yeah, well said. Um, it seems like any time our industry faces big issues or big problems, you know, there is a change in the standard contracts, you know, with consensus docs and AIA, they they tweak their standard contracts. Um, and I know you on behalf of your clients, you'll you'll address the contracts, you know, you'll you'll work in the clauses to uh, to protect your your clients. But speaking and uh, wondering about the, the the national standard contracts, have you heard of any changes that are happening as a result of this current I, situation? I think it's I think it's too soon right now. You know, you know, people are talking about it. Um, you know, whether we, you know, it's rare when when standard contracts are, you know, revised to reflect market conditions because we've all had, you know, this has happened before. Um, but I yeah. think there, I think as a result of COVID and, you know, that force majeure provisions are being revised on a, you know, on a national basis and, and, and certainly regional. Um, I expect that, that that topic will generate, you know, broader national discussion uh, that will then bleed into, you know, the, the labor and material impacts as a result of that. You know, at first, first COVID became a shutdown uh, and suspension yeah. issue. And now it's turned into more of a supply chain issue. You had some of that before, um, but it was, you know, but a lot of it was was general. You know, was just dealing with with um, 
suspensions and then running a job to comply with CDC regulations, with social distancing, with, you know, multiple shifts and, and you know, dealing with additional costs for, you know, all of the general conditions increases that you have. And, and, and that's, you know, that's important and, and something that's, that's being dealt with by construction lawyers across the board now and in, in trying to resolve those claims for additional costs both on the owner side, the contractor side. But now, um, this isn't necessarily a COVID issue. It's just a sort of a supply chain issue that's the result of the pandemic and then, you know, a boom and bust uh, impact. Yeah. But but we are revising contracts. You know, we're trying to, you know, if for contractor clients, we're appropriate. We're putting material price escalation clauses in bids and in contracts, you know, for the particular things that we're concerned with, um, we're trying to deal with, you know, carving out of, of project delays and liquidated damages clause, um, supply chain, you know, delays that are not our, you know, that are not a general contractor or subcontractor's responsibility. And then where possible, identifying them on the front end and creating and then creating milestones. Uh, but those are those are really the again, you know, you, it sounds like, you know, but you got to bring intensity to the to the front end and really appreciate the um, the both the, the, the escalation issues and the delay issues and have that uncomfortable conversation with owners that. You know, everybody's like, I want the job, I want the job, I want the job. Okay. But you you gotta you gotta give owners a head because they don't um, in most cases they don't know. They're not as educated as the contractors on these issues. They, and the architects likely don't know enough. You know, they're not they're not out there on the front lines negotiating purchase orders with, you know, all of your major air conditioner hand, you know, manufacturers. You gotta you gotta Give your expertise and experience to the project team and tell them what they're facing. I always hear from attorneys saying, you know, owners wait or projects wait until there's issues, there's problems, and then they get the attorney involved. Yeah. Are you are you seeing a change because of the current situation? And and even though you say owners don't know, they're not as informed, and architects don't know. I mean, it is on all the news everywhere. Well, <laughs> so people are is, but they sure, get a little hint of it. Sure. So I don't know. Don't, if, I don't know if it. But they don't know if it's early. 20 weeks or 10 weeks. I mean, yep. you know. They don't know the details, but yeah. Yeah, they, they don't know but, the detail, okay? So yeah. just, you know, on the news, the, the discussion about supply chain, well, okay, how does that affect my job? And yeah. contractors need to, you know, take the pulse of their subcontractors and find out really what the, what the, what the delivery times are for the major piece of equipment. You don't want anything holding up your job. And, and you need to tell you need to tell owners that, you know, you can you can go down the street and talk to somebody. They're, they're not going to do any better. So yeah. that's the, you know, we, we, you talked about contractors waiting, subcontractors waiting. You know, I preach to my clients, you know, owners, contractors, trade subcontractors, that these issues are not like fine wine. <laughs> they do not get better with age, um, you know. It's the exact opposite. And I, I find that these frank discussions on the front end, you know, identifying, you know, what your pricing is based on, 
identifying long lead items, uh, when you need to be under contract, all of those things are so critical to making a job work. And if, if you miss one of them, I mean, you know what? I mean, margins are so small on jobs these days in the commercial markets. You know, it's like, um, you know, one of my one of my clients always referred to construction like a car racing. And, you know, and when you're, you know, in, in good times and, and when when margins are good, you know, you're kind of driving along the highway at, at 55. You've got good mileage and so forth. And then when things get really tight, it's like you're doing 90. And then you hit a bump and, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you're off the road and, and, and flipping down the highway. And the coffee spilled everything. Yeah, and the, and the coffee's, all, you know, coffee's all over the place. You know. but, but that's what it's like. So, you know, when, when things are really tight, you just can't afford the hiccups to maintain a good job. Um, and right now, you know, you got to be extra careful because mar- it's super competitive from a margin standpoint. And and there's not a lot of room for error in the schedule. Um, you just it's just not there. And and then, you know, having these discussions with owners on the front end, probably most important at all, allows them to plan with their tenants or, you know, or end users. And I think that that's critical because, you know, the job I just did with a, you know, with a GC and an owner, we just said, you know, we can't get RTU units. So, okay, they were then able to go to their tenant and say, we can't, you know, we can't deliver until such and such a date. Let's push our rent commencement date back six weeks. And no one's in default and everybody's having the discussions up front and it makes for a good job. You're not disappointing anyone. No one's in default and you're recognizing sort of front end issues that right now is is just market conditions yeah and to, to me just you know listening in here um you know me being the pr guy it, all i i'm hearing from you michael is is that it, communication is the key communicate in advance communicate you know over communicate you'll you'll do very well and and communication is not only you know discussions but communication is on your bid documents and you know starting that discussion so that you're identifying the issues for people and then it becomes a subject of discussion and you know you can't be scared to raise these issues you know contractors simply you know you got to you got to provide the unpleasant news to owners you know or subcontractors providing it to contractors and you know, it's about educating people on the conditions and when jobs can be and when and how jobs can be, you know, sequenced and completed. I think it's really, really important. Have you seen more uh, more requests for open book contracting and, and, you know, actually seeing the invoices or has that changed at all? Uh, I mean, I, I think it's, you know, cost plus fee with GMP contracts have been in vogue with private jobs for you know a long time now um i think that that owners appreciate you know open book jobs and and frankly you know in this case you know you can establish you know contingencies for you know um acceleration of of materials and 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 allow contractors 
to provide those contingencies if that's if you want to tie it down and have not to exceeds and then you know if you know established baselines for those cur- you know for certain materials um, you know we see that done every day um, that way owners aren't paying lump you know aren't essentially you know paying the the including it in a lump sum contract and just covering that risk um, you know oftentimes if the contingencies there if things go up um, and then it's not used if it doesn't. Um, so we're seeing that quite a bit. Um, but yeah. again, this this latest issue is is really only a month to two months old. So we're just right now in the heat of of those negotiations. It, it's and it's you know when when we when we talked about you know about this issue, um, it's really come to a head in the last three weeks. I mean we talked yeah. about. We talked about that it might happen, you know, three months ago. But right now is, you know, this is this is what the the, the heat of the construction market looks like. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so for for our, takeaway is, I'm sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, no, That's go fine. ahead, go ahead, John. Sorry, we. Uh, no, I was just no, going to say my. Even my doing take this away, on video, we get, we got to get better at that. Yeah. <laughs> my takeaway was just, uh, you know, start on the front end and communicate and make it happen and yeah and the front end starts the the front end really starts with the bid so you know contractors need to talk to their subcontractors understand the timing and delivery and pricing and when 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 you're going to be able to lock in prices like you know owners contractors need to be wary of okay when's the job starting and subcontractors you know, need to be identifying okay, when's this job actually going to go? What am I? When? What am I pricing? Um, and then specifically identify when you have to be under contract to lock in lock in the prices in your bid. Yep. So, Michael, okay. thank you for joining us and, oh, and shedding yeah. a lot of insight. This is no. This is. I mean, usually I've got notes, but I've got about a page and a half of notes today. So oh. this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, 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 this was this was fun. I appreciate it, and hopefully, um, hopefully, people, uh, our contractors and owners, can appreciate the current market conditions and and really get together and plan because no yeah. one wants no one wants a bad job, and the only the reason the way you get a bad job is by not planning up front. Amen. Amen. Well said. Amen. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> Okay. Well, thank you, Michael, for joining us on yeah. the Building PA podcast, and uh, we'll have you on again in the future. I can, I, I have a feeling that we have a uh, a new uh, contract uh, specialist to, uh, to yes. tap for future uh, issues. Yeah, we'll see you on the other side. There you uh, go. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. thank you for joining the Building PA podcast. To stay up to date, follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook. And visit buildingpapodcast.com to subscribe to upcoming shows. Thanks for listening.